Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Nigro again with our next episode of Psychology Unplugged. As always, a pleasure speaking with you guys, responding to your emails, um, a lot of your feedback. It's very encouraging. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I love uh, doing this program. So, as I've said in other programs, um, I do all these shows off the top of my head, and uh, I kind of decide during the week like what, what I want to talk about. Um, this week's topic is PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. This is a disorder that is... One, very severe in terms of psychopathology. Two, it's also a term that is misused and thrown around quite a bit. Again, as I've said, you know, my job as a diagnostician is to adhere to the diagnostic criteria of the current DSM-5. But trauma in and of itself is a very subjective experience. Um, two people can witness the same event and have completely different interpretations of that event and how that event um, impacts them. Some may develop a trauma response. Others, for a variety of reasons, could be what's called resiliency, uh, are not impacted by it. And... There's different types. Not everybody who's sexually abused has PTSD. Not everybody who's verbally abused, who's emotionally abused, who's physically abused. Uh, it's really, the diagnosis is really the constellation of symptoms that a person experiences, uh, persistent avoidance of stimuli that remind the person of the traumatic event, uh, flashbacks, nightmares. Uh, something called hypervigilance, uh, where you're, you're constantly on guard for perceived threats to a sense of self. But again, PTSD and trauma are different. You can have a traumatic, like losing my father, that was a traumatic event, but I didn't, I didn't have PTSD as a result of it. Uh, myself and, and, and Julie, we work with a lot of people who, who really, struggle and suffer with PTSD and in the vast majority of cases rarely 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 is it ever just PTSD there's generally going to be a mood disorder along with it most common one depression and anxiety um, as part of our defense mechanisms we we use repression and suppression and ignorance, uh, avoidance, uh, negligence. But if you, if you think of, of trauma in, the, in, the, in PTSD, in the symptoms of PTSD, um, as individual shoeboxes, and these shoeboxes are stored in a, cab, in a closet. You can't, you can't deny the fact that the boxes are there because there's a physical component to them. Similar to you can't deny that the symptoms of PTSD are actually there. Now, there are some people who have the boxes, again, those are the symptoms, and they do everything in their power 
to never even go into the room where those boxes are. That's that's the avoidance. They're, they may not be ready to deal with it. There's other people that open the door slightly ajar, take a peek, then quickly shut it. There's people that open the door and stare at it. There's people that take the doors off. And there's people that put the shoe boxes on their coffee table and they're confronted with them every single time they pass by in the room. So again, meeting the diagnostic criteria is kind of like what I talked about like with borderline personality disorder and, and bipolar disorder. A lot gets, um, the term gets overused and it, it takes away from the significance of people who've had trauma. And again, it's an individualized perception. If something happened, I may perceive it one way. Another person may perceive it a different way. Um, but again, when, you, when you're treating somebody with trauma, one, you have to know how to treat it. And you have to know when an individual is ready to deal with it. A lot of times... Uh, many therapists, when you're doing an intake or getting background information and someone says, uh, you know, that they were molested by their father when they were a child multiple times, does that mean they have PTSD? No, that doesn't. And a lot of times what happens, what a lot of therapists do is they go right to the PTSD as, okay, this is the explanatory cause. Now, Again, no surprise. I'm probably going to say this every episode. Get full neuropsych evals because you'll be able to crystallize exactly how the PTSD, one, do you meet the diagnostic criteria for the disorder? And two, what other additional diagnoses may be connected to that disorder? Now, uh, is medication an option? Absolutely. It, it it doesn't erase uh, it doesn't erase the memory, it doesn't erase the um, the ex- the experience. And if you, I think it was in the episode I did on perception in the past in terms of uh, the metaphor I used, the wake of the boat metaphor, that the the the, the one thing about the past is one we all have one. Two, it remains in the ether of time, like the wake of the boat. Once the boat moves through the water and creates a wake, there's nothing that the wake can do to impact the direction. It just depends on where on the boat are you standing. Because if you're standing and looking at the back, and that's your past, who's navigating your future? So... Not everybody is um, ready to deal with trauma or PTSD. Uh, there's another disorder called acute stress disorder. Uh, it's like, like, like it's like PTSD junior, I would say. Um, but it's really people t- tend to present with the mood symptoms first, the anxiety, the depression. And it's really through getting a very detailed history and, and going through the diagnostic criteria to, to first determine did whatever event 
it doesn't matter what it is because it's a subjective experience. What event um, and exploring the diagnostic criteria to see do you meet it? And then looking at how that traumatic event has manifested in the individual's lives. How has it changed the trajectory of it? And sometimes in working with people, and if they've, they've repressed something, um, and this is one of the reasons why hypnosis is not admissible in court. I don't, I don't really espouse hypnosis. Uh, there's other techniques that people use for trauma. I'm not going to get into that. There's something I don't agree with. Um, again, I, I come from a strictly cognitive behavioral model, but um, trauma work is tough. Trauma work has to be done by somebody who knows how to treat trauma and trauma focused cognitive behavioral therapy is incredibly effective in, in doing it. Can you, the goal of therapy is not to undo the event. It's to help the person one make peace with it. And a lot of people, when they have PTSD uh, and I'm going to stick with just like stereotypical cases of say somebody was, was raped. It's going to impact uh, relationships. Uh, a person could become, overly hypersexual if you know they were abused as a young child by a priest uh, a parental figure a babysitter um they could become hypersexual because in the in the development of the sense of self and identity if okay i'm i get acceptance and attention by being sexual with my dad that's how he relates to me and again, if that never goes unchallenged, it's going to manifest in, in adolescence and adult lives in terms of hypersexuality. Um, it can also manifest sometimes in, you know, just avoidance of any type of intimacy for the fear of uh, being objectified again. So, it, it the, again, I've said this many times that psychiatric disorders are not monolithic constructs they really manifest differently and and the testing is the only way to figure out how does it manifest in a specific person so you know the the self is is is, is a mysterious thing um you know we we have multiple selves and i don't mean this in the sense of multiple personality i've said this before there is no such thing as multiple personality the book sybil was made up um dissociative identity disorder that's a topic that we will have and that's actually a disorder that is very common with someone who has post-traumatic stress disorder where an individual will dissociate now dissociation is not psychosis Dissociation is generally it kind of manifests in terms of three versions of an individual. Uh, there was a show that was out. Uh, I think it was called "The University of Terra." The guy who was in my big fat Greek wedding was in it, and it was a TV show, and it depicted uh, multiple personality and dissociation. And I think it did a pretty good job at it. But dissociation, so an individual will typically create uh, a regressive childlike identity. Now, it's it's not a personality, but it's it's a regressive, a regressive, I guess, state or or sense of self, uh, a childlike version. There's generally a second one that is a 
more of the protector, the the older version of of the person, and the third is um, the very negative one, the the intrapunitive one, or as I shouldn't say intrapunitive, the punitive one, which then results in the person becoming intrapunitive, which is basically the punisher. So dissociation and dissociative identity disorder uh, is linked very much to trauma. Um, but again, I, I'll, I'll get into that in, in more detail. But the complexity of PTSD from a, a diagnostic standpoint, a therapeutic standpoint, is really multi-layered. It, it's, it's very multifaceted, and treatment is generally long-term. Long you know, and again, there's people that, in, in, in my experience doing therapy, I'm going to address the trauma when the person is ready. Unless I think, and I, from a case conceptualization perspective, unless I think that, look, you've been avoiding this this long, and it's it's so blatant that this is the root cause. Yeah, I may push a person a little more, but you you you, when you're doing trauma work, it it's like opening Pandora's box, and you have to be careful not to pull the lid off the box too quick because the person is not able ready and they do not have the coping mechanisms necessary to deal with it so uh there's something called complex trauma that's where you've had multiple traumatic experiences in your life and each has impacted you in a similar way or in a different way and and again this is why you know there's some great therapists that i work with that 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 focus primarily on, on PTSD and trauma, but then you have to always be mindful of managing the mood component, managing the anxiety, managing the depression. Uh, is trauma going to cause bipolar? From a diathesis stress standpoint, you know, the interaction or intersection of genetics and, and, and environmental stressors, yeah, possibly um, is it gonna is it gonna cause you to develop um, ADHD? No. So I mean, there's it, it's generally in 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 the in the mood disorders, but it it's an incredibly severe diagnosis. But trauma is not the same as PTSD because post traumatic stress disorder is a a, a distinct constellation of symptoms. Now. With the dissociation, I'll go back to that, uh, you, a person can also experience what's something called depersonalization, which is re, recurrent experiences of feeling like detached, like, they're, like if they're outside their body, um, almost like they're in a dream state, or derealization, which is like uh, recurrent experiences of, uh, of unreality, uh, a feeling of that you're just like in a dreamlike and distorted state. And we have a, a separate diagnosis called depersonalization and derealization disorder. And uh, patients are pretty astute, in my opinion, at knowing when they're experiencing that. Uh, sometimes people can have immediate reactions and manifest the symptoms of PTSD right away after a traumatic event occurred. Uh, it could also have uh, delayed manifestation and that may be as a result of suppression uh repression but again when i'm doing like 
again, doing neuropsych valves, when I'm uh, assessing for trauma um, or PTSD, I, I give a caveat to people. Um, I, 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 I'm looking for just factual data, background information to give me the backdrop and the framework of who this person is that, that, that's sitting across from me. And I tell people, I'm not going to probe into your trauma history or abuse history on purpose because when you do neuropsych valves, at least how I do them, I'm with the person for several hours and then I see them a few weeks later to go over the results and do the feedback session. I purposely, as a neuropsychologist and diagnostician, don't probe because I do not know where somebody is at if they're in therapy, where they are at. And probing too much, again, if they're doing trauma work, uh, again, this is where reading body language is incredibly important. Watching, so when I get to that page in my structured diagnostic clinical, clinical interview, it, it, and people have a history of abuse, neglect, trauma, uh, PTSD, you really, it, it, you can see it in, in, in their face. You can see it in their body language. The bodies become almost tense, uh, sweating, anxiety, heart palpitations. I've had people that have had a walk out of the room completely understandable. Then, but that's why I preface it. I'm just looking for surface information. The testing itself, um, you know, the MMPI has a, a scale that will assess for, um, a person's reaction to PTSD. So, it's it it's a it's a very complex diagnostic uh, category, but again, PTSD is not synonymous with trauma. Again, using my father, that was a traumatic experience, but I did not develop PTSD. That's not to say that another person who loses a a, a father, that person may develop PTSD. It you know the world comes to us all. And you know, a lot of times PTSD is, is a result of situations that are completely unexpected. And memory for these situations, uh, you know, Brown and Kulik did the, um, yeah, did the work on the flashball memory hypothesis. And when, emo when events happen that are unpredictable, and have a high degree of emotionality, the memory is encoded much deeper in the limbic system. So again, using how we, how we, how we get through the day and how we go to sleep is we distort reality. Every night, all of us, myself included, we, to put our heads on the pillow and to fall asleep at night, we have to distort reality in order to be able to sleep. Uh, but I always try to, ins with every psychiatric condition or, or neurocognitive disorder, neurodevelopmental disorder, try to instill a sense of hope and inspiration that you can work through this. And again, you we cannot undo the things that have been done to us, but we can become resilient and work through those things in a systematic process to alleviate the pain. The memory may always be there, but the, the, the power of the human spirit 
is in the power of the human condition is is amazing and it's really helping people understand how much power and control that they have over the choices that they can make you know people want to always want to know why 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 did this happen why did he do this to me why did she do this to me why did my father do this why did my mother do this all valid questions but i i would come back and say great question but there's a problem and so we'll say, well, what do you mean it's a problem? Okay, in your mind, you have created the answer that you're looking for. And if you were to ask the person who, let's just stick with a, a sexual abuse. If you ask the person who sexually abused you, why did you do that? One, if it's not said in the, in the same tone of voice, eye contact, body language that we've constructed in our minds, we're not gonna we're not gonna buy into it or believe it. Secondly, if we do get it, you're not gonna believe it. Because you're gonna think you're just telling me what I want to hear. And I really try to work with people on, you know, again, not doing much therapy, but you know, well trained in therapy is if you get the answer you're going to be how's, how's that going to improve your life and this, this is a, i mean that that, that why yeah it's it's it, it's interesting but it's not going to cure or heal you it may give you resolution you know may give you um an answer but it's not going to alleviate. It's not like the symptoms of PTSD or trauma just just dissipate, and people really kind of perseverate on that. Like why or how could this happen? And, and a lot of people also with 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 PTSD blame themselves. They you know, they they see themselves. And I'm not talking about the poor me. I'm a victim, but blaming themselves like I caused this, or I I'm responsible for this. You know. And it, again, how it impacts people is, is, and again, with all these psychiatric disorders and the huge reason for doing the podcasts is, is I, when you do diagnostics, you see the different manifestations of these things in different people. And, and you could, I could test, you know, do 90 valves in a week and have people, you know, five people tell me the same story. And it's, it's really fascinating how the self is impacted by, not just the the world in general, but by individual transgressions perpetrated against a person. And then you get into working with, uh, you know, a, a unique population of individuals uh, when you're talking with, like, law enforcement or or, or military who've, who've been in, um, you know, the Gulf War, the Iraq War. Uh, I've worked with these, and, and their lives are forever changed because you cannot undo the things that have been done. You cannot unsee the things you can. The things you can do are learn to change your perceptions and no longer allow those transgressions to cause you pain. That is the beauty of good psychological treatment. Again, the past remains in the ether of time. Does it haunt all of us? Yes. Do we float back there? Yes. Do we look in the closet, as I said before? Yes. The question is, why why and by the patients i see for therapy i told my wife if you ever ask them 
but she sees a lot of them for for medication. If you ever if you ever ask them, what's the one thing Doctor Niagara always says? Pay attention to your motivation. Always pay attention to your motivation. Doesn't matter what you're doing, um, but pay attention to why am I doing this? And it brings again. There's no such thing as the unconscious. You know. Freud, give him credit for being the first person to develop a psychological theory of human behavior, even though, you, can, you know, the history of psychology goes back to the, you know, the Greeks and, and uh, Hippocrates and Socrates, even Plato and Aristotle. Um, but uh, PTSD and PTSD also has a high comorbidity rate with, with substance abuse, um, alcoholism, opiate use, uh Substance abuse is, is a separate topic in and of itself, but I'm just going to allude to it here that when I'm asking about substance abuse, is it recreational or is it self-medicating? And in a vast majority of, of cases, it's self-medicating. And a lot of people with PTSD do self-medicate. Again, I'm not the moral guardian. I'm not the, I'm not the moral judge, but... You have to be respectful of the amount of pain somebody's in. But one, a person has to be willing to tell you their story. Two, they have to be willing to open Pandora's box, but you have to open Pandora's box very slowly and know what you were doing. So a complex diagnosis, we will probably revisit this several times. Uh, PTSD is also highly associated with a lot of people with borderline personality disorder. Um, because it, it, again, the impact of how uh, it manifests in in different people, uh, it's it's really an idiosyncratic manifestation, and uh, you will get that you'll get that story. But uh, again, trauma is not PTSD. Uh, that's that's for your individual uh, clinician. Uh, doctor to to properly diagnose, but you really have to adhere to the diagnostic and to uh, the DSM five um, to meet the actual criteria. Because once you do meet it, then you then you're talking about a pretty serious diagnosis, and you have to ebb and flow between the trauma, the depression, the anxiety, the self medicating, so forth and whatnot. So just want to give a brief introduction uh, on PTSD. Uh, the complexity of it is too much to go over. It will take me hours to talk about this. But it, uh, again, uh, deal with your trauma when you're ready. So <clears throat> until next time, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Keep reaching out. Um, and I will talk to you guys next week. All right. Be well. Bye.